Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Empty Stats Podcast. This is episode 14, and it's a big day. Baseball is officially back. Round of applause. Baseball's back. Officially now, the lockout has just been lifted at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock our time. So that means free agency, transactions, trades. Niggas are up again. After 99 days, December 1st, 2020 was when the players were locked out, or 2021 is when the players were locked out by Major League Baseball. Uh, Took them a long time uh, to finally come to this agreement. And it's really exciting. There's a lot of new things for Major League Baseball uh, coming in 2022 and 2023, presumably. Uh, So for 2022, the National League will be adopting the designated hitter. So we'll have a universal DH uh, permanently now. Uh, we We had it in 2020 during the COVID season, but it went away for 2021. So not so the DH is in the National League now. And not only that, but regular doubleheaders are back. Nine inning doubleheaders have returned yep. and no more runner on second and extra innings. So Ew. old baseball is back. I got to say the seven inning doubleheaders were kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. It was so minimal. that I like- didn't mind the runner on second rule and extra innings, but it was kind of like a uh, it's whatever. It was strange. It was new. Seven inning doubleheaders I did like. I mean, you're playing two games in one day. It's like, you know, right. two nine-inning games is pretty wild. But that's back. Um, a 45-day window for Major League Baseball to implement rule changes. Um, among them for next season are going to be a pitch clock, ban on shifts, and larger bases for 2023. Uh, some other niche things. Um, in 2023, the schedule is going to be more balanced. So every team is going to play. Every, so everybody's going to play everybody in 2023 and beyond, which is nice. Yeah. So usually how they would do it is every three years. Yeah. Every three years, an interleague team would play that division. So like, for example, the AL East would play the NL East this year, then the, right. and then the NL central the year after NL West the year after that. And then it goes into a cycle. Now they're going to change that. Every team's going to play everybody less divisional games um also importantly a 12 team postseason uh that has been expanded uh for two games which now puts the the number one seeds in each league as a bye and that makes a three wild card series for each league uh for the first round for the wild card series and uh they are also getting rid of game 163 tiebreakers as well so they're going to go to nfl style tiebreakers so they can get those playoff games in as quick as possible. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot, and I'm really excited. Uh, we can finally actually be excited. Oh, and how could I forget? Opening day projected, and I guess now it's official April 7th, 2022, oh, which for your Yankees is against the, the Boston Red, Red Sox. Sox. Yeah. For me, against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, that's gross. Thank you, Rob Manfred. We don't have any more Pirates games canceled. Woo! <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious well, to see what matchups we will get on that March 7th or April 7th. So, when when Trevor Story and Freddie Freeman are Yankees tomorrow, we'll we'll be good. Sure, but so a- so presumably the opening day schedule we've got white Sox, royals yankees red Sox, mariners twins pirates cardinals mets nats reds braves brewers cubs astros angels padres and diamondbacks so that'll be very fun um those are 
the opening day series at least. So yeah. good times, good times. Baseball's back, baby. I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals know that yet because our social media hasn't tweeted about it. I don't think I, dude, our, the Cardinals social media slacks so hard, man. It's so bad. <laughs> it's enough. They don't do anything fun on social media. <laughs> We're so boring. The Yankees have made a welcome back tweet. Cardinals have not. Cardinals haven't tweeted in two days. And the only thing they've done today is retweet uh, the MLB tweet that said that they've agreed to terms. So that was three hours ago. <laughs> well, but baseball's back, and that's what matters. Baseball is back. That's what matters. We're going to be a bit of a sh- uh, shortened spring training, but I, I think that's okay. I think nobody That's does. fine. I think the players have been working. Right, yeah. They've players still that. get their work in. It'll probably, take a little, it'll probably take a little bit for them to get back up to, like, game speed. You know, the first, like, week right. or two might be a little rusty, but After I think that. that's with every baseball season anyway. Yeah, shout out baseball. Shout out for shout out back. baseball, and poor Jeff Passan. Teams were, poor Jeff Passan. Man gets hacked by NFTers, NFT nerds. The day that he needs to break news that made what's hilarious to me is that these people that hacked him didn't like try and come up with all these false news reports. That would have been fun if you hack a the main Major League Baseball reporter. That's no right. fun to just advertise your NFTs. No one cares. <laughs> Should have hacked Jeff Pat when you hacked Jeff Patton's account, you got a tweet that they agreed to a deal when it didn't. <laughs> well, it would have been funny because the same day they actually did agree to a deal. Exactly right. So Jeff Patton ended up getting his account back and did and ended up blowing, breaking the news that baseball's back. So not much to speak on after that point. Um, maybe we'll get a live reaction of uh, a signing or two today. Um It'll be fun to see the the market for designated hitter now, since fifteen more teams can look after. Yeah, players uh, like Nelson Cruz can. Right, fifteen more jobs have been opened up now. So Nelson Cruz, Jorge Soler, um, they're open to going to National League teams. Jorge now. Soler was already in the National League. Right, but now he can go back. Right. He, he, well, he wasn't DH with the Braves anyway. He was in right field. Yeah. So. Uh, so that's it on the MLB front. Um, if there's anything that goes on during this podcast, you'll probably hear our reaction. Um. But besides that, uh, basketball-wise, the Mavericks lost by 30 last night. That wasn't fun. Yeah. Not a good game. It was bound to happen with this team. Just, you know, just got to get one. Sucks it happened a to the Knicks. Right. I don't know why we just can't beat the Knicks for That's some reason. That's why I told you it was a trap game. Yeah, you did call it. I, I thought it wouldn't be this kind of trap game, though. I wouldn't even really call it a trap game. We just couldn't hit a three. Yeah, a trap game to me is a game that we should win that we're just we not went going to. Six of forty-four from and three. What of twenty at one point? Six of forty-four. Yeah, I don't know. But, I didn't watch the game, so I have no idea if the Knicks were just playing insanely good defense or not. It was a mix of good defense and just missing shots. Or if we just just couldn't hit a shot to save our life. It was. In which I mean, it sucks that you run into those games, but you'd rather run into it now than you know in the playoffs. But you know who has been playing well? Josh Green, Green baby. Josh Green Josh finally Green getting the minutes he deserves. Josh Green. Jason Kidd here. plays his young players, and Rick Carlisle doesn't. I'm so excited for the draft this season so we can, I can actually watch a rookie try and thrive in this system. Right. It feels like Jason Kidd legitimately wants young talent to like play in our rotation. 
and Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. are like the main arguments of well, Rick Carlisle played him too, but like he had no choice. Right. Of course, if he's going to play was, Luca. If it was, it was up a third to Rick pick. Carlisle, yeah. <laughs> if it was up to Rick Carlisle, none of them would have played. Right. But Ben Simmons and the Nets play. Yeah. Against Only two Philly games team. on the NBA doc tonight. Both very entertaining games. Uh, presumably Brooklyn and Philly too bad Ben Simmons isn't playing but he'll get booed like crazy on the bench which is hilarious and then a big game for the Mavs sake in terms of seeding the Golden State Warriors played the Denver Nuggets uh the Nuggets have been on a hot streak lately with Jokic on a tear and the Warriors are losing games and the seeding in the West is changing by the day the Phoenix Suns are the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the NBA and it's early March (laughs) <laughs> they're just so far ahead of the curve they have an eight and a half game lead on the second place memphis grizzlies who have now officially passed the warriors for the two seed by the way uh with the mavs loss last night they are now a game and a half back of the four seed so we had a little bit of leverage on utah that loss last night was tough and now we're deadlocked with the denver nuggets so if we lose think- tonight then we go all then we fall down to six yeah well, if Denver wins tonight, then we fall down the six. Right. If Denver wins, and we fall down by a half game. If the Warriors win, then they will be tied with Memphis uh, for the two seed. But funnily, funny enough, we have the tiebreaker against Denver. Against both of them, right. Uh, right. We, we're still figuring out our tiebreaker against the Jazz. We have the tiebreaker against Yeah, we got Memphis. one more we game against tiebreaker. the Jazz. Do we have a game against the Nuggets? Uh, I don't know. if we've, I think we played three. I think we should have one more. Um, we do not play the Nuggets again. So then we went three and one against the Nuggets. We went three and one against the Warriors. We went three and one against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. So we have all those tiebreakers, right? So and that's and that's going to be important come playoff time because yeah. the Mavericks beat good teams. We do, beat especially good in teams. the West, except for the Phoenix Suns. Unfortunately. <laughs> all right. I got two questions about basketball before we get into football because that's right. There's not a whole yeah. lot to talk. Big, big football week this week. MVP. Who do you have it right now? So I was telling Aiden this uh, the other day before we recorded this episode or before we were going to record this episode. And I said that I had plenty of Luka Doncic MVP propaganda. To oh, I was spill. Even just trying to talk to about that, but yeah, good to point. spill on you guys. So here's, so as it currently stands, I would vote for Nikola Jokic as MVP. Right. I think Jokic He's the MVP. The Nuggets are 9-1 and one in their last 10. They're not without Jamal Murray. They're without Michael Porter Jr. So pretty much the, the main supporting cast for Nikola Jokic hasn't been there all year. And, I mean, he's putting up just as a good of a year as he did last year. I think a lot of people don't want to admit that Jokic is the MVP this year because of, you know, his MVP award last year. Sure. No one kind of likes to see two guys win it in a row. Uh, but sometimes you just got to have to face the truth. And I think Jokic has been really good all year long. Um, I think what is knocking Luca was that struggling start to the year. You know, he really kind of didn't get into full, didn't really ramp up into full season form until about January when he came back from COVID and he had the ankle injury. The Mavericks kind of just rested him for the rest to the, for the end of the new year to uh, just kind of get his body right. I think he lost about 20 pounds in that process. And so once he did that, that's when he's been turning it on. But I, I don't think, I don't think an MVP necessarily has to be, at the top of his game for the entire season because nothing in November or December really matters at this point in time. Right. So, okay. you know, despite the stro- the slow start, I mean, Luka Doncic has just been just unbelievable. Just the numbers he's putting up, 
and everybody wants to discredit the Mavs for being a five seed when everybody's on Luke on Jokic's high horse for leading his team to a six seed. The Mavericks are a top 10 team based on win percentage in the NBA. Like, yeah, it's a fifth seed in the Western Conference, but it's a deep, good Western Conference. And if you just put it all together amongst the league, the Mavericks right now have we have the ninth best tied for the ninth best record in the league. Actually tied for the eighth best record in the league right now. Uh, the Bulls, the Mavs, and the Nuggets all have the same record. And the Celtics are a half game back or a half game worse than us. So, and as you've said, as you said before, we've done well against Philly. We've done well against Milwaukee. We've done well against the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Warriors, literally any top team in the NBA, the Mavericks have been successful against. And it's pretty much all because of Luka. And now, of course, except the Suns. Except for the Phoenix Suns. Right, right, right. And I've said that multiple times. Um, but it's just, I, I feel like Luka really should be at least top three. I don't see why people still have John Moran over him. I really don't see why people still have John Moran over him at this point so in time. The John Morant, I think John Morant over Luka is not, I don't think John Morant is an MVP candidate more so than Luka. I think John Morant has more highlight plays than Luka, which is why you see him more. Right. Which and Luka has admitted game. himself, like no one goes to the All-Star game to watch Luka Doncic. Because he True. doesn't do any of the flashy stuff. I mean, he gets really – I mean, he is a really good passer. He's had the putback dunk before. He's had, like, five dunks this year, I think. <laughs> he does not dunk the ball a whole lot. Um, but when he does, he gets some really nice ones. But, I mean, I it doesn't I – I mean, Jokic isn't that flashy either. I mean, he's a really good passer for his size. So, you know, there's a lot of good passing highlights that come from Jokic. But, I mean, he's kind of like the same thing. You know, he's not the super flashy guy. And he's not the biggest personality in the world. No, he's kind of kept. And plus, himself. people discredit him for his body size too, right? People just like Stephen A. Smith calls him a tub of lard. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true. So, but you, to you answer your Jokic. question, I have Jokic as my MVP right now. My top three, I would have Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Luca as my number four. Okay, that's where I am too. I think the top three is those three, and it's going to be those three for the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, I think DeRozan, DeRozan had a lot of hype in February. John Morant's kind of had hype all year. But I just from pure stats, Luka Doncic is up there, I yeah. feel like. So my second question, I said I had two. The L.A. Lakers, do they get out of the play-in tournament? I think they make it because – I don't know. It's, I mean, I so obviously, right now, I feel like that they should. They're right the now, nine they're seed play right the now. Pelicans. They still have a game and a half edge on the Pelicans and a three game edge on the Blazers. There ain't no way the Portland Trailblazers with their current roster are doing literally anything. I do they not know how they're going to win basketball games to make the plan. So I think the Pelicans are going to, I think the seven right now that's in the plan, I think it's kind of, be how it no, is. No, no, no. Not if they're going to make the plan. Do you think they'll get out of the plan? I don't. You think that either the Clippers or the Timberwolves are going to take care of them? Yes. Okay. I think so. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, as it stands right now, they're going to play the Pelicans in that 9-10 game. Right. And, and then if then they win that, then they got to play Minnesota or LA. Right. I don't know, man. I, it's, I, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really tough to bet against LeBron 
And Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Anthony Davis is a proven but it's just, playoff I, player. I just don't see this team doing literally anything. Sure. If they've been this disgruntled and this bad all year, I don't know how they're going to fix it for the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah. We'll see. I've seen crazier shit happen in the NBA. But I honestly, more so than the West, I'm really excited about the East plan. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be really competitive. Yeah, the East plan. And it sucks is... for the Brooklyn Nets because as it stands right now, they're not going to have Kyrie for that first game, no matter what. Right. It's because they're going to be in either Toronto or it's going to be a home game. Right. And Kyrie can't play in any one of those. Well, the Brooklyn was talking about changing the law. I don't know when that's coming into effect. Uh, the New York mayor said they were, they were going, they're in the process of, of lifting mask mandates, but Kyrie still falls in like a specific tier to where he's still oh, for the vaccination for still, he's still not allowed Got it. for home games. Oh, well, there was, there was some loophole that um, people that resurfaced that made it seem like Kyrie still couldn't play in home games. Okay. So I, then- I think the rule is done by the way road players can play unvaccinated in the Barclays center, but home players can't, I think it's kind of stupid, but yeah. So out of the East of the four players, out of the four teams in the East, who do you think makes it out? I think Brooklyn and well, okay. So kind of refresh me how the plan works. So in the seven, eight game, the loser of that game gets a second game, right? Yes, they play so, the winner of that 9-10 game for the 8 seed? Yeah, so 9-10 play, whoever plays them has to lose with, or has to beat 7 or 8 to make the playoffs. Okay. So the 7-8 has to lose two games, and then 9-10 has to win two games. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So, so right now it's the Raptors in Brooklyn and the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. Bro, there ain't no defense being played in that Hornets-Hawks game. No, there's not. That game is going to set a record for points in a game, probably. There and ain't no defense be being played Charlotte there. Charlotte at this moment. Yeah. That would be kind of fun, honestly. A playoff game in Charlotte, that'd be pretty cool. That would be a fun time, especially with LaMelo and Trey. Right. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I feel like in a matchup like that, I feel like Toronto beats Brooklyn. I, I, don't like, know, I don't know how far Brooklyn goes without Kyrie, really. I think the Brooklyn Nets... I don't them. think the, the Nets wouldn't have Kyrie for either one of them, win or lose, because they're Probably the eight not. seed, so they'd have a home game. If but I lost. think Kevin Durant takes care of business at least one of the games, right? Because yeah, I think no I think the Charlotte, Nets get in regardless, but no I think it'll Charlotte take them. I think it'll take that second game for them to get in. So you think Toronto, Brooklyn? I think Toronto, Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm gonna go Brooklyn, Atlanta. I'm just really happy to see Minnesota in the thick of it. You know, Minnesota has been a much improved team, and that's something I've said that they were going to be from the beginning of the year. I think. I think I was what's what's them. wild to me is that they've won six in a row. For the first time since 2004. Jesus. Really? 2004. They hadn't gone on a six game winning streak until this year. Wow. Took them 18 years to get a six game winning streak. Oh, going back to my like sheet thing that I did, like the little Excel sheet. Right. I was high on the Houston Rockets. I don't know why, but I was. I don't know why that, either. That doesn't look, that doesn't look good. Hey, they beat the Lakers though. So they did beat the Lakers. What just what a hilarious game that was. LeBron passes out of a layup to go to overtime. And then the Rockets put up 19 points in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> and just going at Carmelo. They put up 19 points in five minutes. <laughs> just absolutely destroying Carmelo on defense. Yeah. Pretty nuts. 
pretty nuts. So that's NBA for now. The Mavericks have a tough road trip coming up. Um, tomorrow night, we're in Houston. That should be a guaranteed win, right? I'd hope so. Should be. Dorian and then comes Smith the tough and part. Jalen Brunson are questionable. And then comes the tough part at Boston on Sunday, which would be a really good borderline test for this team, especially yeah. against how good this Celtics defense has been over the last two months. Yep. Um, then the Mavs go to Brooklyn. Um, and then I believe Which, Charlotte. That's no Kyrie. And then I believe Charlotte. We should beat Charlotte. We should beat the Nets. I can look it up, actually. So we've got on this road trip, Houston, Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, Charlotte. Philly's going to be so a four straight playoff game. teams in the East on the road. Yeah, I never want to see Philly. I because. We our size is so terrible. Yeah, us against nothing about Joel Embiid. Us against Joel Embiid is going to be a problem, and I think James Harden historically has been really good against the Mavs. So yeah, did we we already beat Joel Embiid without KP this year? I think. Yeah, we beat him at home this year. That really weird game where like it was a nine p.m. like a nine p.m. tip at home because it was a yeah, prime time game rim, and like the, and rim, the rim was rim all wonky and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. Luca dunked on. Andre Drummond. Yep. Yeah, Luca went off that game. That was that was fun. It was. Uh, so there's Mavs update for this week. Um, coming down to the stretch, and the Mavs have a pretty favorable schedule to end out the year. Yeah, we like after this after best. this tough road trip, they have so they got two more Rockets games. We've got uh, we got Washington, Detroit, Portland, San Antonio to end the year. Um, but you know, mixed in there though, is of course, Boston, Brooklyn, Philly, two Minnesota games, Utah, Lakers, Bucks, Cavs. So competitive games in there, but, uh, but still some kind of easy ones thrown in there too, to kind of right. soften the blow. So that's basketball. Uh, but football, God, you just can't escape it. You can't escape the NFL. They're just a 24 seven news machine. It's unbelievable. Uh, three trades this week. Russell Wilson, finally out of the NFC West. Thank the Lord. Uh, still, the Rams still have to play the Broncos this year, though, which is funny. Uh, so, Russell Wilson got dealt on Tuesday. Yesterday, Carson Wentz got dealt to the Washington Commanders. And then today, Khalil Mack is off to the Chargers. And when I tell you I shit myself when I first read that tweet, it said Khalil Mack has been traded to Los Angeles. I was like, what? No way. And then I said Chargers, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, shucks. Well, you're looking at Bobby Wagner right now, aren't you? Yeah. I saw your little tweets about Bobby Wagner. Yeah, it's hilarious because Les Snead has a past with Bobby Wagner. He really wanted him in the draft in 2012 and got too cute, thought he could get him still if he traded back. And then the Seahawks picked him two picks ahead of us, which prompted Les Snead to create the Bobby Wagner rule for himself, where if you really like a player, don't get cute and trade back fucking pick him uh so maybe less need is working is looking at uh you know writing his wrong the rams usually don't invest in linebackers that much usually that's a position that we don't invest a lot of money into sure. but i mean i don't know how you can pass up an opportunity like bobby wagner i think, think we i think we make a decision on that depending on what von miller does do you think he goes back to denver well the rams have first dibs at von miller he said himself he's like i'm gonna give the rams the first chance to resign me Sure. Uh, I think Von Miller has great desire to come back. 
Um, I think there might be a package deal of Odell and Von Miller to come back if Von Miller decides to come back. Um, I think right now I'm more confident in Odell coming back than Von Miller. I think I think Von Miller I think Von Miller genuinely wants to go back to Denver. Like even when he was with the Rams, he was saying, "I'm still a Denver Bronco. I'm just working part time with the Rams right now." Sure. So Denver has always been there for him, um, and now they got a quarterback, and it's a really interesting division in the AFC West. Very so, strong division. Very strong division. Are you um, comfortable running it back with the same team? Um, like no major moves. I mean, like you make right. like a minor move here or there, but like. Right. I mean, I think the team is absolutely talented enough. I think we got so much out of, you know, people that stepped up over the postseason that sure. are going to still be on the team, right? Nick Scott, our two tight ends, Bryson Hopkins and Kendall Blanton, uh, Everett or Ernest Jones, Traven Howard, Greg Gaines, like Sebastian Joseph Day, I don't think we're going to bring back. He was a really good defensive tackle for us last year. He's probably not going to come back. And Greg Gaines filled in perfectly for him when he got hurt and i think we'll be just fine with him i think we're gonna get safeties back from health robert woods is gonna come back so you know if some reason odell doesn't come back we still have robert woods van jefferson stepped up really big for us so i think we'll be okay with how many young players stepped up and have actually played like significant significant snaps i mean all these guys were playing in really important postseason games exactly. so I think the team will be. I think the team will be fine. Um, I mean, it's it's hard, it's hard to go back to back. No one's done it since the Patriots. So, you know, I'm kind of not expecting to go back to back. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? Not off the table. Nope. But you know, I got my one. I'm not gonna get greedy. I'm not gonna get greedy. If it happens, it happens. Great. Sure. <laughs> but it. You know, I'm not. I'm not expecting a two in a row. Be would be a little be a little cocky, you know. Yeah, I just I want us to resign Stefan Diggs. I I just want is he want a free agent or is he due for an extension? I think it's an extension. I just so the Rams that are right now too. We're really yeah, we're trying Stephon to get Donald. We're trying to extend Donald to make him the highest paid defensive player again. We're looking at extending Stafford. So, you know, once we lock down those Donald and Stafford extensions, I think that's when the ball finally gets rolling for us. Yeah, I want another corner, but I can't get too good. Yeah, I, I, I think the corner. Rams could use a, a corner number two also. Darius Williams just wasn't him, just wasn't the same like he was in 2020. I don't know. A lot of a lot of teams were exposing like. him in one on ones for sure. Yeah, I don't but know the corner pool in, is insane like deals the, though. Like I think Russ is gonna be really good in Denver. Carson Wentz to Washington is just hilarious. By the way, I think Philly Philly fans have been gifted now that Carson Wentz is in their division and Ben Simmons got traded to their division. And now they have a reason to boo them. So, so poorly. Sure. And I think that's, do you think Eagle fans I don't think that's safe for sports. Wentz? What? You think Eagle fans are going to boo Wentz? Dude, Eagles fans will boo anybody. That's true. But like, he didn't do anything. Unless I'm, uh, unless well, Carson Wentz didn't win him a Super Bowl. First off, it wasn't his, right, it wasn't Carson was Wentz who won them a Super Bowl. And whenever Carson Wentz was playing, the Eagles were shit. That's true. He was really bad. I mean, 17 was his peak, but he's never right. getting back to that again. Not a yeah. chance. He was getting compared to a whole lot of really good players. That no year. chance in hell Carson Wentz is getting back to that 2017 form. 
But I also think that Carson Wentz is a, a, it's a, a substantial upgrade over Taylor Heineke, but you're also paying him $28 million. Sure. So He's expensive. I, I saw a tweet yesterday. It was the commanders had about $33 million in cap space, and $28 million of that is now going to Carson Wentz. <laughs> Well, hopefully so, their defense steps back up. Eat your heart out, Dan Snyder. Eat your still heart no out, Dan. Deals, still no baseball deals. Yeah, I'm not expecting much of baseball tonight. Uh, I mean, I mean, everybody's still just ramping up and trying to get back in. Um, UNC playing actually, right now. Here's an interesting tweet I just literally just saw. MLB and the Players Association agree to stage games or quote-unquote tours in the following places over the next five years. Mexico, Asia, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, London, and Paris. It's kind of sick. That's pretty think, damn cool. I think Asian baseball would be real fun. Bro, us, bro, that would be great. Playing some games in Korea. Get that. Bro, just get that. The energy of, of the KBO is so cool. Getting that kind of environment for an MLB game, I think, would be really cool. And I think it would really show like how much better baseball is with a fun environment. Right. Where everybody has to be so stuck up about you know, following these old rules and stuff. Um, Put some youth into the game. I'm actually curious if the Cardinals and the Cubs are still going to play in London because after y'all played the Red Sox in London in 19, we were supposed to play the Cubs in London in 20, but of course that got canceled because of COVID and then it didn't happen in 2021. So I don't know if we're going to go to, uh, um, I wonder if we're going to still go to London. Both of our teams were uh, teams that denied the deal or that said no to the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Two of our teams, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals both said Yankees, no to the Mets, deal. Astros, and Cardinals were the ones to uh, – And Dodgers, I think. No, it was, it was only four. It was, it was Cardinals, Yankees, Mets, and Astros. So pretty much by the end of the lockout, they were – the owners were implementing this thing for luxury tax um, – that kind of was a shot of the Mets and Steve Cohen. Uh, they were adding like a fourth level of tax for teams that wanted to go over to the competitive balance number. And um, it was just really funny to see how it, it's just, it, it bothers me that owners like these billionaires are pissed at other billionaires for spending money. <laughs> What's your problem? They're trying to make their team better. You're purposely not spending money so you can lose. <laughs> it, it just didn't make, it doesn't make any sense. The owners make no sense to me. They are billionaires and don't want to spend a dime of their money to actually improve something that they invested. They invest all of their time into. It makes no better, sense. It makes them money. It makes right. It makes you money. So invest in it, so you can get a good return on investment. It makes ROI. no sense. And now we have an ex- We have two extra playoff teams added. So now it's even easier for you to get into the playoffs. But what's going to suck is that team's going to be like, oh, there's an extra playoff spot. Maybe we could just sneak in there, you know, if we could save a few million dollars. Well, there's that my, makes the... There's my owner tirade for the day. Hopefully that makes the AL East a little bit easier. And actually what's interesting is um, how they're going to deal with service time for rookies now. Or there's actually going to be like incentives for teams to call up players a lot sooner. Sure. I need, I need to try and find it here. Um, Looking at Anthony Volpe, Jason Dominguez. So actually, so they added in the draft lottery this year um, for teams. 
So I don't know how that works. A lot of the baseball, like the business side of stuff about like salaries and stuff, I kind of don't understand right now. It's more sure. of actually like the rules of the game that they're changing. Um, Do you like the shift change? I've I've seen a lot of I people just both don't ways on the shift change. See what the need for it is. Or at least like their reasoning for taking it out. At least they're saying right. that they can bring more fans in if they take away the shift, which I it makes no sense to me. If you I, gave me a better reason why you're getting rid of the shift, then I will probably hear you out. But I their reasoning for getting rid of it makes no sense to me. I was listening to uh, Jameson Talion on Talking Yanks today because they interviewed him. Great podcast, by the way. Check them out. Yeah. Shout, um, out, shout out John Boy Media. They're, uh, shout they're, out John they're, Boy. They're, they're pushing the curve. John Boy and Jake. Rose Rotation were, is one of the best podcasts I listen to every week. Uh, yeah, so they talked about like the analytical side of the shift, like the technology side, they didn't like it. They liked it when players were like, they were kept in the game and the players would shift on their own without having like a piece of paper to tell you, Hey, like he hits 400 this way. And he hits right where they have all, where they have the numbers set for them. So they know what defensive alignment for each batter is. Right. John boy said something like keep paper out of baseball. Like don't have everyone have like every cheat in their pocket it's not a cheat though you're just defending them that's 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 why i was like it didn't make sense to me why they eliminated it it's defense you're trying to get them out (laughs) but it's more about like studying the game instead of just having the answers in front of you is what i was like right and i can get behind that like just do your homework and then you don't have to have pieces of paper but, I mean, what does it matter, though? You can still look at the data and see that, oh, this guy's an extreme pull hitter. Let's just shift. Right. And so I'm, why does it matter that, if you have a piece of paper or not? You, can, you still have the data in front of you. Right. I just think it's gross when there's, like, six outfielders and two infielders. I think that's lame. I mean, I just – I mean, it's – it's it. I've, I've, heard, I've heard this comparison before. It's like telling an NFL defense that you can only run this certain thing. So you can't defend, you know – so-and-so right or it's like or the nba takes away the two three zone or something like that or it's like it doesn't make sense you're trying to play defense to get them out i don't know why we're just allowing well i mean of course and like the number one argument people have is like oh just hit the ball the other way like learn, get the free base hit it's so much harder than to just say that like right, for actual like for like how much better pitching is now the speeds are in, are much faster now, and it's p- pitching is pitching is overall better and hitting is overall better, and the hitting philosophy is overall changed dramatically over the last ten years or so. So, hard. it's I feel like the shift just plays to just how the game's being played right now, and I didn't really see a problem with it. I I think that shifting like moving a second baseman over to like shortstop is fine. I just I didn't like having like people in the middle of that bats shifting, depending on what pitch was coming. And it like, like having six outfielders with two infielders. I don't know. I, I didn't see a big, if it was strictly it. just, an, if it was strictly like you can only shift on the infield, that would have been fine with me. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'd be like, okay, that's fair. We don't know what the shifting rule is by the way. And it, it might not even happen different. anyway. They said that it might not even happen over like all together in 2023. Yeah. So it's just so an I'm, idea that's right. being thrown out there the bigger bases doesn't make sense to me i don't know what that does i guess it, i bases. guess i guess speed for that yes. point is more utilized 
and like more turning down hits, plays, more action that way. Avoid injury, in my opinion, stuff like that. I'm still. I mean, as long as find... the bases are ninety feet away, who cares? Right. I'm still trying to find out the um, like the the service time stuff, because it was really interesting how they were going to work it. Ah, here it is. So top prospects who finish first or second in their league's rookie of the year voting will receive a full year of service time, which speeds their clock. Well, I'll just drop my oh. phone. That's nice. Uh, so essentially it speeds up their service time clock, which gets them to free agency faster and allows them to get a contract quicker. Sure. So that helps like the like top, top young guys to get their money faster. Um, but it, it's odd to me because then at that point you're putting like salary stuff in the hands of voters. Right. Which they could have the an NBA's agenda. They can have an agenda against that. the player. And they're like, oh, I don't want you to make money. I'm not going to vote for you. So right. that kind of doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, Are there any day one rookies you're looking for next year? Any ones you're excited about? I mean, I feel like this definitely gives an incentive for teams to call up their players, you know, from the jump, like what the Mets did with Pete Alonso, what the Padres did with Fernando Tatis. Uh, so to finish that, teams that promote top prospects to the opening day roster will also be eligible to receive draft picks with a top three rookie of the year finish or a top five MVP or site finish. So this essentially allows Major League Baseball or gives teams leverage and actual worth to call these guys up immediately. Sure. So, so, so said, for, so for 2022, anyway. you got guys like Bobby Wood Jr. of the Royals, Adley Rutschman of the Orioles, um, Torkelson for the Tigers, Riley Green for the Tigers, Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners. So like a lot of these top 10 prospects that, I mean, you've been seeing it, the game, it just, it gets younger and younger every year and right. players are becoming so major league ready. It's so young. So it's nice to see that they're actually coming up with ideas for teams to actually be incentivized for calling up these young guys when they're supposed to, instead of, you know, kind of hone them out and, you know, they're not calling them up and they're actually ready so that, oh, so we can get like one extra year of this guy, which is what the, the norm used to be back in the day was you would wait 20 days after opening day. So that there was a deadline cut so that their service time clock wouldn't start on time and you would get like a whole another year for them and uh for a team control right so hopefully that's over soon i can look at the top prospects right now um to see like who legitimately could be called up i think i think bobby wood jr was a shoe in anyway to be called up on opening day i don't think the royals needed this for them to be convinced i think Rutschman probably gets because even last year there were talks about bobby wood being called up on opening day and it didn't happen but even last year it was still quite the consideration for them to be called up. So I think there could be a handful of teams. I, it just really, I really kind of hope that some guys are getting it called up. And more importantly, MLB the show uh, isn't going to get affected anymore. So there Shout you go. All the gamers out there. There you go. Shout out to all the MLB, the show gamers out there. And actually this will be, this is actually breaking exclusive news coming from me. Uh, I doubt any of you know my past uh, making YouTube videos, but I'm making YouTube videos again uh, on LB The Show. So be excited for that. We got to get the game in then. What do you call it? They uh, they did their presentation stream today. Yeah. Dude, it looks unbelievable. Is there anything new commentary, commentary doesn't matter to me because I turn it off anyway. So do I. 
And well, I do it so I can put my own commentary over like gameplay and stuff. Sure. So I'm not like out talking the actual commentators in the game. Uh, but just the, the presentation itself looks so cool. They did a lot more. This is going to get really nerdy. It's going to get, this is going to get real nerdy because I am a, just a geek for like, sp- like graphics on sports television and stuff. Like whenever like a new score bug comes out for a network, I'm like all about it. Uh, what do you think about the Super Bowl score? Dude, I loved it. I thought it looked so good. Really? I thought it looked really good. The play huh, clock right. is a little, was a little small. Play clock was a little small, but I think Other everything else outside of it looked really good. Um, so I've been like a graphic design nerd, sports design nerd, like all my life. And so they uh, added two different score bugs this year. There's one that's for like national, like national style games, right? It's like games of the week, all-star game, postseason, stuff like that. And then for just like your random, like Tuesday, after, like Tuesday night game or whatever, or like a Wednesday afternoon, they have like a different score bug for like all that's like team that's branded for all 30 teams. Sure. Which I think is really cool. It's like on home runs, each team has like a catchphrase that'll show up on the screen. That's like a announcer's call for the team and stuff, which I thought was pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Uh, so there's my geek out for two minutes. Well, you got anything else? Uh, we uh, NCAA March Madness. We are in the thick of it, baby. When does uh, when selection Sunday? This Sunday. Is it this Sunday? Okay, cool. Yeah, this Sunday the thirteenth. When do games start then? Uh, so the first four, uh, starts Tuesday. Okay. So do you want to do a Monday pod? Uh, probably. Yeah, we can do a Monday pod going through our bracket. I don't, I don't know if Evan will be able to join. Uh, he will be in Minnesota. For what? <laughs> Sister volleyball. Ah, gotcha. Cool. So it might just be the two of us doing a bracket, but I'm starting to do my homework. I'm starting to go. learn the rookies and stuff. Yeah. North Texas is currently, uh, Playing rice. Up on rice. Rice right now. We're up 19. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, so just we're, we're dying on UNT's hill right now. Yeah. Uh, hoping hoping they can make the tournament. Maybe play like a Texas. I it's okay. it pisses me off that like they probably aren't gonna be slotted into Fort Worth, which is gonna be really annoying. That'd yeah, be that like is, so that fun. Sick. That'd be so fun. But what I did what I did see was um there, there might be a potential matchup of Texas versus SMU. And knowing how Texas versus Texas teams work in the tournament, like in the past, I think Tech has played uh, Stephen F. Austin in sure. the tournament before. Um, That's in Texas usually. That was – and they played in Dallas. So it was kind of easy to get both schools both schools uh, fan sections in there. So any Texas versus Texas thing in an important game usually is a pretty good atmosphere. So – Maybe maybe a little UNT Texas matchup would be a little it would be kind of interesting or like a UNT Tech <laughs> UNT versus Tech or Tech UNT would absolutely and, run us uh, or like a UNT Arkansas something like that that'd be kind of fun just a Texas related state yeah but I think as of I, I looked the other I looked yesterday and I think we're slotted to play in Chicago or Milwaukee one of those two so as of today this updated bracketology. Has North Texas as the 12 seed in the West region. We would play UConn in Buffalo. UConn. We'd play UConn, and in our quadrant, we would play the winner of Arkansas and Vermont. Is UConn anyone that I should look into? Uh, they're a pretty good team. They're ranked 20th right now. They um, 
they're in the second round. They're in the they've moved on in the Big East tournament. They're playing Seton Hall tonight. Um, they're a pretty good team. I think they finished third in the Big East, which is oh, a really man. competitive conference this year. Um, yeah, UConn finished third in the Big East. They're they're a pretty hard team, but. I don't know. After last year, and when UNT beat Purdue last year, I feel like they could beat any. I feel like they could really beat a D one team. Like I, we almost we played decently well against Kansas. We covered. Yeah, we covered versus Kansas. <laughs> covered the spread. That's all that matters. Bro, as bro, great good teams win. Great teams cover. Great teams. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Selection Sunday. Hopefully, we get slotted. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the games in Fort Worth are going to be though. I think how it, I think how it's going to work is it's going to be two one versus sixteens and two eight versus nines. So the eight versus nine games should, could be pretty good, but like the one and sixteens are kind of you know bum yeah. games. It's one versus sixteens. It's projected see, to be K, uh, Baylor in Kansas right now. I want to see Kansas. I want to see uh, what's it. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I know it's an A name, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Agbaji. Yeah, I want to see him. Yeah, that dude's a stud. That dude's a see stud. him play. Yeah, Ochai Baji. That dude's a beast. That Kansas team overall is just really good. Yeah, we even played though, competitively. Even though they just lost to uh, TCU. They played TCU tomorrow, actually, and they split a back-to-back. They lost in Fort Worth and only beat them by four in uh, Lawrence. So, And TCU just beat Texas today after being down by 20. Yeah, like Texas really so, choked that one. So TCU is on a run right now. TCU is a team you don't want to match up with. TCU is getting hot at the right hot. time. And they're currently slotted as the eight seed in North Texas's bracket, actually. Imagine a oh, North wow. Texas TCU like Elite Eight winner, like for that'd the be, regional. <laughs> that'd be kind of sick. Both teams have to make it there. And what's hilarious is that in this bracket, TCU, North Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, and Texas Tech are all Texas slotted Tech to be are all slotted it. around together. Tech probably just runs it. Yeah, they're projected to be the three seed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, expect something from us on that Monday. Then hopefully we can get it out. Of damn, get it out for the games on Tuesday. Yep. Um, yeah, kind of a short episode today. Um, not a whole you know, lot to talk about. Kind of the yeah. midst of not a lot to talk about. Just a handful of new stuff to kind of catch up on. But uh, big big episode should be coming on Monday when uh, Aiden and I are doing our brackets. So, oh, we'll, so we sick. will we'll see you guys then and have a good one, guys. We'll see you soon.